Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Let's just worship the Lord tonight. Father, you can have your way. You can have your way in our lives. You can have your way in the service. Father, you can have your way every day. Father, you can have your way. Oh, Father, we just worshiped you tonight in spirit and in truth. And Father, we just say, have your way. Have your way in us, Father. Have your way in us, Father. Have your way in your, our children. Have your way, Father, in their lives. Have your way in our family. Have your way in our heart. Have your way in this season. Have your way in our future. You can have your way, Lord Jesus. You can have your way, Lord Jesus. You can have your way, Holy Spirit. You can have your way. Father, not our will, but your will be done. In the name of Jesus. I just hear this phrase in my heart, take the limit off. Just take the limit off. Take the limit off of what you believe God can do. It was recorded of the children of Israel that they turned back and they limited the Holy One of Israel. That God the Father wanted to do so much more in their lives than they had seen up to that point. But they turned back and went backwards instead of forwards. And there are places that the Spirit of God wants to take us. Things that He wants to lead us into. Things that just make the the ceiling the floor. But we have to take the limit off and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Believe to see God move like never before. And in every, in every arena, it's just a raising of our expectation and taking the limits off. But even financially, of what has happened in your life up to this point, it is time to take the limits off of what God can do. And what God longs to do in you, but even more importantly, through you. And so, Father, we just say, we take the limits off and we say, you have your way. We're not going to limit you with our small thinking. We're not going to limit you with what, uh, Father, we've seen in our past. But, Father, we thank you that great is your love for us and great is your plan for us and great is your provision for us. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. So, Father, we thank you. We will not limit you. We have big expectation. We have big talk and big boast about what our God is capable of. Father, we're not going to limit you in our thinking. We're not going to limit you with our words. And I just, I hear that in my heart too, that for many of us, our words have been stout against the Lord and a limiting factor of what he has been able to do in our lives up to this point. 
And, and we have to turn that upside down. And instead of having words that talk lack and, and, and words that just complain and, and moan about the current situation, begin to boast and rejoice in a God who is greater than any circumstance and a God who is able to bring us into a promised land. A God who's greater than walled cities and giants that would stand in our way. Your way is better, Lord. And so we will make room for you. Even in our speech, we'll begin to talk big talk. We'll begin to dream big dreams. We'll begin to pray big prayers. We'll begin to believe big, Father, to see your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name. We're taking the limit off in the name of Jesus taking the limits off in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Father, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit would show each one of us what those limits have been and where to address them in our lives to just begin taking those limits off one by one, one after each one, to see your goodness and grace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, 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 amen. Well, you can stay standing tonight. Uh, we've already had a good time, but we're so thankful for all God's doing at Word of Life Fondren here. It's a blessing. Uh, this is a wonderful church, wonderful body of believers. We're so uh, thankful for each one of you just making this your, your church home and just so privileged to welcome you uh, to this place if this is your first time. Uh, I'm Pastor Joel, and it's a wonderful treat to be able to get to know you if this is your first time with us. And tonight, we've got just the wonderful privilege of ho hosting a mighty man of God. He's a man of faith, a man of the Spirit, a man who walks with God, a man who's traveled all over the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, seeing many, many miracles and, and many people filled with the Spirit. In fact, uh, my daughter was filled with the Spirit in a meeting that he did at youth camp. Will Ramsey, who was up here, uh, we were talking back behind stage, was filled with the Holy Spirit in, in one of Jabin's meetings. Just a wonderful, wonderful man of God. And that's just the, the lives of, you know, some of the people who have been impacted by his ministry that are very personal to me in, in big ways. And I feel like tonight something big is going to happen in your life. And something big is going to happen by the Spirit uh, through these vessels. And so tonight, can we give it up for Jabin Chavez as he comes to Word of Life Vondren at the 6 p.m. service. I forgot about that. How we doing, y'all? Give away three hugs, please, before you're seated. And then you could be seated. Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Hey, how about this worship team, huh? Fantastic. Put your hands together. Let's make some noise for them. So good. I want to honor your pastors tonight, Pastor Joel and Peppy Sims, who I know that you love and I, I truly do love. Um, I've, I've said this this morning in the morning services um, that your your pastor is a man of God and what I mean by that is that um, he's, not a, he's not a professional pastor. Uh, he's not a career pastor. He, he's a man of God. And, and the way that I define that, I think there's a lot of ways 
and this is not all encompassing, but what comes to my mind is that he talks to God, he hears from God, and then he obeys God. How many are glad you have a pastor that talks to God, <laughs> hears God, and then obeys God? Amen. And, uh, and it's, it's beautiful, and it's amazing. And his relationship with the Lord and the way that he walks with God directly impacts your life and blesses your life and blesses my life. And so I want to honor you and thank God for you publicly. And uh, you're amazing. And I celebrate you. Put your hands together. Come on. All right. I want you to look at John chapter 4. Peppy, I love you so much. You're, you're just, you have the best spirit in the world and uh, just celebrate you and God's gift on your life. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, John chapter four. I've never preached in a building with a disco ball and stained glass. Let's go. This is great. This is great. John chapter 4, verse 43. This is a different message than I preached this morning. If you want to catch this morning's message, it's probably online. I felt led of the Lord, uh, even as Luke and I were talking in the car today, to, to talk about this subject. And I knew that uh, a 6 p.m. Sunday night service would have probably a younger crowd. And I wanted to really specifically help you um, and... Uh, it's a message that I brought to my church. It's a message that I've brought to um, Vu Church in Miami, Zoe Church in L.A., to, to some of those younger people because I've, I feel so compelled about this idea. And so I, I really do believe it's going to be a miracle night for you. And then everything that Pastor just said, uh, he, he referenced a, a text that I'm going to actually preach on tonight. Um, and we'll, we'll hit in a little bit. So I, I really do, I want to teach. I kind of want to be, can I be like Uncle Jabin today? Is that all right? I'm not, I'm not going to be dad, but we're, Joel and I are the same age. So I'm just going to be, um, I'm his brother, okay? I'm just going to be Uncle Jabe, as my niece calls me, Uncle Jabe. And um, I just want to help you with some ideas that I think are going to, they're going to help you to receive from God. How many would like to be a better receiver? Amen. All right, well, there's a key. And it's right here in John chapter 4, verse 43. It says, and after two days, he left for Galilee. He left for Galilee. Jesus has now leaving Samaria, and he's going to Galilee. Now, look what John drops in verse 44. Forgive me, I have a six-year-old daughter who loves blues clues. And catch this. John's going to give us a little blues clue, okay? Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his home country. We're going to understand why that is. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, and they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they were, had also been there. Once more he visited Canaan and Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is 14 miles away. Um, that may not be far today in cars, uh, today when we have vehicles, but 14 miles back then was about a two to three day journey. This is a, this is a long trek. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him. Now this word beg, um, 
Is it all right if I teach a little bit? Is this okay? Okay. This word beg is, is probably not best transliterated. It, is, it would be better transliterated demanded. This man is a man of means and political power. He goes on a 14-mile trek to Jesus and says, you coming home to heal my son. So uh, it, it, it was more political power than faith. Okay? Because Jesus is going to rebuke him in verse 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. So Jesus said, you're demanding that I go to your house, but you don't have faith. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. So again, he makes a demand. And it's not a good demand. It's a, it's a political demand. It's a power demand. Look what Jesus responds to him in verse 50. Go. <laughs> so he says, you're coming to my house. Jesus says, go home. It's not exactly what you want to hear, amen, when, you be, when you're talking to the Lord. Your son will live. Watch that. Jesus gave him a command and a promise. Never forget this. Your walk with God will be met with commands and promises. Not one or the other, both. Okay? Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word. So now faith is activated. And departed while he was still on his way. Now remember, this is about a two-day walk. His servants met him with the news that his boy was living. I love this word living in the Greek language. It means he was getting stronger. He was, he was getting back to his old self. The, maybe the fever had broken. He started running around the house again, started eating again, started you know, harassing the cat. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like he was he was getting stronger. And when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said, Yesterday in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that was the exact time that Jesus talked to me and said, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign. Notice that word sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. I want to talk from the idea back to Galilee, back to Galilee. And I want to talk about understanding the power of honor. Everything Pastor Joel just said about taking the limitations off of God will happen in honor. Father, I pray you speak now. Give me grace to say what you put on my heart and grace to hear it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. So one of the things that John is going to do in the book of John is he's going to use the term sign. He's not going to say miracle. He's going to say sign. So every time Jesus would do a miracle, John would always attach sign to it. Even if he would use the word miraculous, he would say miraculous sign. So he never just did a miracle. When John is recording these miracles, John calls them signs. And as one theologian, Warren Wiersbe, said, a sign is a miracle that teaches us a lesson. So every time Jesus does a miracle in the book of John, John is saying there's more to the story. He goes on to say it should not only amaze us, but instruct us. This is good news because what John is saying is, and what the Spirit of God is communicating to us is, that it isn't just for them back then, but that there's something you can, there are keys, there are signs pointing you, 
to realities that you can experience. So these aren't just things that we read in the Gospels and go, wow, that's cool. Good job, Jesus. No, we, we learn from them so that we can also experience them. So now here's the sign. Here's the key. Here's the blues clue. Here's the, here's the thing God wants us to learn. It's in verse 44. Jesus pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So he leaves Samaria. Now, if you, you can look this up. Just If you have a, a physical Bible, you'll see this in the maps. He leaves Samaria south. He walks past Nazareth, and he goes to Galilee. Jesus skips Nazareth, his hometown, and goes directly to Galilee. It would have made no sense for the reader. Why, did, why would he skip his hometown? So John has to give us the clue. There was no honor in Nazareth. So he passes it and goes directly to Galilee where they welcomed him. So the principle of the miracle is honor. That's the whole thing. How, how do you take the limits off of God? Honor. High honor produces no limitations. Low honor produces big limitations. So Jesus is not rejecting Nazareth. But because Nazareth has rejected him, he's attracted to the place of honor. Honor creates a flow. Dishonor creates disconnection. Honor creates a flow. Why does honor create a flow? Because in honor, I go lower. And now whatever's above me flows down to me. In dishonor, I puff up. And I get bigger than the thing, and now I can't receive from the thing. So my humility to the Lord, first and foremost, will create a flow where I can receive from him. Dishonor, where I puff myself up with pride, I can no longer receive from God because I've postured myself in a place where I'm higher than him. So here's a few ideas. Firstly is this. Jesus is drawn to honor. He leaves Samaria. He passes Nazareth. And he goes directly to Galilee. He says that a prophet is not welcome in his own country. And now Mark 6, we won't read it for time, but Mark 6 lets us know that Jesus, here's some big words. Get, get these two words. Could not. Catch this, Mark 6. Jesus could not do any mighty miracles in Nazareth. Could not. Could not. Not would not. Y'all tracking? Like, like around here, we believe Jesus is God. Not just God's servant, not just God's son. He is God. He is, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he couldn't do something. Jesus can do anything. In the right atmosphere. Nothing's impossible for God. If we believe. He could not. 
Now would not, could not do any mighty miracles. So, yes, God can do anything, but God cannot do anything in the place of dishonor. And you go, well, Jabin, that was Jesus' New Testament. He was, he was in the flesh, and so in his humanity, he was limited. Well, let's read the text that pastor said, Psalm 78, verse 41. By the way, we didn't talk about this before. This isn't a setup. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. New Covenant Yahweh and Old Covenant Yahweh were limited by the people's faith. It's not that he didn't love Nazareth. It's not that he rejected Nazareth. It was that there was no honor in Nazareth, therefore no ministry could happen. All right, so what's honor mean? Let's talk about it. Honor means to give weight to. To treat worthy, to judge correctly. In ancient times, I might have five coins and you might have five coins. And they're both made of gold. But because back then they couldn't make currency accurately, your coins might weigh more than my coins. So anytime you were doing purchases, you would actually weigh the currency. So it wasn't just the amount of gold coins you might have, but it was the weight. When we honor God, we are giving him the weight that he deserves. Let, let, me, let me say it like this. We don't take Jesus lightly. We, we treat him with honor we we give him weight we uh, let's use this word we yield to him we give him the right of way my, when my wife and i moved to vegas we moved to a part of town that has a lot of uh, uh I for, now i can't even think of what they're called roundabouts i never had roundabouts i was cutting everybody off <laughs> i mean there was almost accidents every day and i'm like what 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 you know i'm just whoever can drive faster right no I, I had to learn to yield. I had to learn to give way. And, and what, I'm, what I'm doing in yielding is I'm trying to enter into the flow of traffic without stopping the flow. In honor, I'm trying to get in the flow of the Spirit without stopping the flow. So I don't, I don't come into worship and the music is going and I'm checking Instagram. Going, why don't God touch me? Why don't God minister to me? Why don't God? I, I, I try to be on time for worship. I, I, I made this, cra- now it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing back at home, but you know, Vegas is very, is very different than, Vegas is different than everywhere. Vegas is different than, than planet Earth, Okay. But in Vegas, we have a real entertainment mentality. So what I noticed in Vegas is people, uh, I made a rule, you can't bring coffee into the auditorium. Because I was, I was trying to do, I, I didn't care about the coffee stains, though they're everywhere. I was trying to say, I, I, I kind of didn't want this like, got my Starbucks, 
a good song, man. You guys are good. Because in Vegas, we're all about entertainment. So I thought, if I say no coffee in the auditorium, people get the end. Well, then people were just waiting out in the lobby drinking their coffee. And now they weren't worshiping at all. So I got rid of the coffee, and we had, oh my gosh, we had World War III at City Light Church. <laughs> we had an uprising. Now, I don't care if you have coffee, if you drink coffee, bring coffee. I don't, it, was, it was something I had to do in our very unique, very weird city, okay? But I had to communicate something to our, so our church goes, where's the coffee? Are we, are we out of money? Do I need to give more in the offering? How do I get my coffee? Well, no, we really want you in the worship. Because if you don't worship, you'll never receive the word. Because it's not till you worship and bow low that you can get under the flow of the word of God. Because if, if, if you're outside missing worship and then you come in puffed up and the seed of the word of God goes out, it'll never reach you. Because you're too high for it. It, it. It's like the woman who, with the issue of blood, who... Got through the crowd. Let me tell you what, she, she was going lower. Everybody else was just trying to touch Jesus and get a selfie. Oh, I miss my wife. Isn't she wonderful? I mean, I praise the Lord. But they were, all just trying to, they were all just trying to get a selfie. She got under the anointing. There's a difference. Okay. Honor, let me just say a few things real quick. Honor has a sound. Honor has a tone. Honor has a body language. Honor has a feel. You can feel it. Uh, One theologian said that Cana in Galilee became Jesus' adopted hometown. How cool is that? Like, I know I'm from Nazareth, but like, I feel something special in Galilee. He was so honored there that he kept being drawn back to it. Think about water to wine, healing of the nobleman's son, the feeding of the 5,000, walking on water, calming the storm. It became a miracle hot spot. I want to ask a question maybe. Okay, we love every church in town. Amen. Praise the Lord. Settled, okay? Praise God. But I just wonder, what if Word of Life could become Jesus' adopted home church in the Jackson area? What if we worshipped him so rightly? What if we loved him so wholeheartedly? What if we honored each other so greatly? What if, what if there was such a tone and a sound and a feel in this church that Jesus said, I love every church in town. I'm blessing, I'm blessing the Baptists. I'm blessing the Episcopalians. I'm, bless, I'm blessing everybody. But boy, I love Word of Life. I love how they sing to me. I love how they pray to me. I love how they believe me. I love how they take care of each other. I love how they honor. Come on, what if we became... Like Cana and Galilee, we became his adopted home church, that place that he just feels so welcome and so loved and so honored, and he's not rejecting any other church. There's just this magnet of honor that just, I got to go back. I just, I love to be around them. But Brother Jabe, and God's everywhere, brother. I know. 
He's everywhere, but he doesn't manifest everywhere. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. You know what that, that word enthroned literally means? You sit down. You get comfortable in the praises of Israel. You are most comfortable at your house. If I went to Pastor Joel's house tonight and I wanted some water, I'd ask, can I, can I have some water? Would, do you want me to take my shoes off? Do want me to keep them on? What, what do you guys prefer? I would, can, can I use a restroom? Where would that be at? I'm not just going to go search the house. Because it's his house. But boy, in my house, I just go in the fridge, grab whatever I want. Sometimes I wear shoes, sometimes I don't. It's my house. I remind my daughter, it's my house. Come on, somebody. <laughs> when, when we honor God, we let God know. Watch this. This is your house. This ain't our house. This is God's house. This is your space. This is your place. And when we communicate that to God, see, I'm never more me than at my house. And when we give God this space, God's never more God. In other words, he manifests. He sits down in. He gets comfortable in. He shows himself in a way that he doesn't show himself everywhere. When we honor God, we communicate. This ain't our house. It's your house. And in that place, he is seated and he is manifest. All right. Every believer in the room has to, has to fight against, here's what I call it, the honor slide. Think about this. When Jesus first started teaching and preaching, here's what they said about Jesus. We have never seen someone with so much authority. We, can you believe this preacher? O-M-G. He got authority, he got an anointing, he can heal, he can cast out devils, he can raise, oh my God, we never seen anything like this, oh my gosh. Uh, then he started getting in their business. Watch this, aren't you a carpenter's son? Aren't you Joseph's kid? Isn't there some drama with your daddy and your mama? Don't, don't we kind of know exactly... That turned into contempt. Here's what his family said. He's crazy. We, we, we need him. We need him to, we need to get, get out of that house. He's, he's kind of losing his mind. Contempt turned into dishonor. He's possessed by the devil. Oh, it gets worse. Dishonor turns into division. Crucify him. Where are you at? Let me just challenge you, church person. Where are you at with God right now? Because all of us, if we're not careful, can go down the honor slide. I've been walking with Jesus since I was 15. I'm now 39. I got a fight getting too casual with the Holy One of Israel. I better not call the Christ a carpenter. Huh. 
Because if he's just a carpenter, he can make me a new table. But if he's the Christ, he can give me a new life. <laughs> if he's just a carpenter, he can build me a chair. But if he's the Christ, he can give me real rest. I want to see him as the Christ. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go down the honor slide. This is why my worship matters. Number two, OMG, that was point one. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's keep it moving. Honor releases the miraculous. The Galileans welcomed him. Let me just tell you, for all of eternity, the word of God will last for eternity. And for all eternity, the Galileans are part of Scripture. Like, we're going to get all to heaven one day, and we're going to meet Sally. We're going to be like, oh, great to meet you. Where are you from? I'm from, I'm from Galilee. Ooh, you got verse 45 in the Bible, girl. Yeah, that was me. We welcomed him. Forever they have a testimony of honor. Because Jesus will always go where he's welcome. So Jesus teaches about honor in Luke 4. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip it. It's, I, I gave it to the guys in the back, but it's, it's just too much to, to get through. But he, he talks about how Elijah and Elisha were used in the miraculous. And here's what Jesus says. The people of God, the Hebrew people, they all needed miracles. But the two miracles that Jesus talks about were done not to Jewish people, but to Gentiles. Because the Jewish people saw Elijah and Elisha as grumpy old prophets. But the widow at Zarephath and Naaman, they saw them as men of God. They didn't just see them as grumpy old prophets. They saw them as men of God and therefore were able to receive from them. There were many needs in the Old Testament, but there was little honor. There was a huge demand, but little honor. And the people of God that grew up with Elijah and Elisha, they couldn't receive from them. But then these other people, these outsiders, these uncircumcised, not covenant people were able to receive from them because they were able to see them in their gift and in their call and in their grace. Now, now let me just say this, because we are New Testament people and we're grace people. We, we don't believe that we're trying to get to this level of honor. Once we finally hit it, God goes, all right, cool, now I'll do something for you. Honor's about him, not about us. They say that too. Faith is about him, not about us. So it isn't like we're trying to get to this level and then God goes, oh, cool, they finally have enough honor. Now I'm going to do something. That's not what it is. It's not as much that God responds to honor as honor responds to God. It's not as much that God even responds to worship. It's that worship responds to God. It's not even as much that God responds to praise as much as praise responds to God. Because honor and worship and praise aligns our heart to Him. It's like when you turn on the radio and you go to a certain station, you didn't, you didn't, just activate that. It's already been on. It's already been flowing. You just finally get into alignment with what's already been happening. When I honor God, when I worship God, when I praise God, when I come under 
the anointing of God, it's always been flowing. I just get in that flow. The traffic's always been moving. I just yield into it. So we choose to see God as he truly is. And then honor becomes the key that opens the door to his presence, power, and provision. Lastly, honor starts with the word of God. Honor starts with the word of God. The man demands a miracle. Jesus gives him a word. We leave now. You come to my house and you heal my son. Jesus says, go. And the man says, I I don't think you heard me. I got money. I got political power. I can make or break you. You're coming home with me. Jesus said, go. He would have expected Jesus to go, absolutely. Let's hop on the horses, hop on the donkeys. We got a 14-mile journey. Let's go. Jesus gives him a command and a promise. Here it is. Jesus gives him the command, go, and the promise your son will live. And this is how God operates in our life. God gives us a word. See, words don't mean anything to us. I just bought a new car. The amount of signatures. Y'all ever bought a car? Rent, you know, lease the car, whatever. Sign, 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 sign. Basically, the car dealership was telling me, we don't trust you. And if you're late on a payment, we're coming after you. 50 years ago, you'd buy a car on a handshake. On your word, you were a man of your word. You, you could buy a home on your word. You could, you could open a bank account on your word. You could get a loan on your word. That doesn't happen anymore. And because we've devalued words. Hear me. But to God, words are everything. So when Jesus says, go, your son will live. It was, to Jesus, it was done. But the man had to believe. The man had to honor To God, words are supernatural. Words mean so much to Jesus. He called himself the Word. Before Jesus was Jesus, the Son in the flesh, he was the Word. The logos, the logic, the idea, the mentality of God. And that Word became flesh. Philippians 2 says that word took on the form of a man. He's the word. He he so believes in the word, he calls himself the word. Jesus is the opinion of God. If you ever want to know what God thinks about, look at Jesus. Words have the power of life and death. And finally this man took Jesus at his word. He honored the command and he honored the promise. And when we honor the word, the commands of God and the promises of God, we've now honored God. 
God cares so much about words that he said, I hold even my word above even my own name. Because what is my name without my word? Okay. So we have to honor Jesus. We have to honor the men and women of God that Jesus raises up. We have to honor each other. And we have to honor those who are in any way in society that would serve us in any way. I want to talk about it really quick. I've talked about honoring Jesus for way too long. Oh, not way too long, but you know what I mean. I've taken a lot of time. Let me, let me go to the next ones now. Because if, if we don't get honoring Jesus right, honoring a man is only political persuasion. Listen to me. If you don't honor Jesus and you honor Jabin or Joel, but you don't honor Jesus, you got the wrong J. Can I just tell you, if you don't honor Jesus, if, if I don't honor Jesus and only honor Joel, that's called sucking up. Am I telling the truth? So it's all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And, not but, and. I honor the gift God's put in my life. Look what, we won't have time to read it, but in Matthew 10, Jesus says, honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Honor a righteous man, receive a righteous man's reward. And honor children, receive children. And receive a reward from them. Let's talk about it really quickly. Let me have the keys come up. We're going to wrap this up. Number one, we honor a prophet. These are people in authority over our life who God has given spiritual authority. At the end of the day, we can't tell you what to do. You're an American. Right? Like, can't make you tithe, can't make you worship, can't make you serve, can't make you love your wife, can't make you read the Bible. We can't really make you do much. So what we do is we give you the word of God and we say, this is what God says. And if, and if, you'll, if you'll receive this, it will go well with you. So we honor the prophet. We honor our pastor. And then we receive the prophet's reward. Ooh, this is cool. God blesses me like he blesses my pastor because I was smart enough to connect to a pastor. As I'm, pre- as I'm saying this, because I know my brother, he's squirming right now going, this is not about me, this is not about me, this is all about, it's all about Jesus, it's all about word of life, this is all about Jesus. I know, I know. So I'm not even looking at him because he's going to make me nervous. I'm telling you, every Christian needs a pastor. And if it's not this man of God, find you a man of God. If it's not this woman of God, find you a woman of God. But you better find somebody. The Apostle Paul says something very interesting in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, they gave themselves first to the Lord and to us. You have to find an us. Does it have to be here? No, but you better find one. He said, they gave themselves to God and to us. And every Christian needs an us. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13 says, pastors, watch over your soul. So don't give them any trouble because it's hard enough to be a pastor. That's really what the Hebrew writer says. 
they're going to have to give an account for you. So you treat them well. Think about that. That's a pretty crazy scripture. We're going to get to heaven one day. Jesus is going to be like, so Jabin, how did that person? Well, you know, they kind of gave me some trouble. They gossiped a lot. You don't want that. You want, you want to get to heaven. Jesus goes, Jabin, one day. Oh, man, they were amazing, Jesus. Amazing, Jesus. And when I honor spiritual authority, I receive. Well, how do I honor my pastor? Let me just help you. I'm a pastor. Number one, you pray for him. That doesn't mean that every Sunday you try to give your pastor a word. Don't do that. Amen. He just preached four times. I just preached. You know, pastor, 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 let me pray for you. No, no, relax. Easy. I'm tired. Here's what. Can I be real? Is this okay? It's Sunday night. I preach four times. It's your fault. Okay, okay. Here's what you do. You hop on Instagram. You go, hey, pastor, just letting you know, praying for you guys. We love you so much. You don't have to buy them a Mercedes. You don't have to buy them a new watch. Don't just let your pastor know you love them. Does that make sense? Like just love, you're the best. What a great sermon Sunday. It was awesome. Just thinking about you. Pray for them and encourage them. That's how you honor your pastor. And then to the best of your ability, as the Holy Spirit leads him to lead the church, you get in the flow. Hey, we're going to have a big serve day. I'm in. Hey, invite friends and family. I'm in. Hey, you need help in the children's ministry. I'm in. Hey, you need whatever it is. You, you attach to the vision. Two, you receive a righteous man. Who's a righteous man? Those are your Christian brothers and sisters. These are people that are at your level. How do I honor my peers? Hear me? You speak life. You defend. You refuse gossip. You call to unity. You encourage and you pray. One more time, somebody said, speak life, defend, refuse gossip. You become a gossip killer in your church. Yeah, yeah, would you say this around them? Well, we're done. You're done. (laughs) Call people to unity, encourage, and pray quickly. We can all do that. Bring people in. Paul said in Galatians 6, treat everybody well, everybody, especially those in the household of faith. Think about that. Treat everybody well, especially brothers and sisters in Christ. Then he says, and then receive children, even if you give a cup of cold water to a child. Let me say what this is. That's anyone who in any way is serving you. No one is below us, but I want you to catch this. It's It's honoring a food server. It's being kind to your barista. Does that make sense? It's it's showing honor and respect to everybody. It's, how are you doing? Thank you so much. How's your day going? Doing all right? It's it's giving a good tip. Amen. Not giving 8% and... Jesus loves you. No, 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 don't say that, you know. (laughs) Tip 5%. Say, come to Word of Life. Don't you dare. Invite him somewhere else, okay? (laughs) Give him a real tip and say, God loves you. And if you ever want to come to church, here's a a card. It's it's, it's showing respect to your employees. It's So uh, a dear friend of mine, Kevin Gerald, says it like this. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. 
just, I'm a person of honor. And Jesus likes it. That's all, that's all I can say. Jesus is into that. And when you become a person who honors God and honors the people of God, you now have a wide open door to the move of God. I'm going to stay in Galilee. That's where I'm going to live. I'm going to be, I'm going back to Galilee. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand for a moment. And I want you to, I want you to open your hands to receive. Okay? Just kind of like this. And the, the team is about to maybe sing something to the Lord, but before they do, I want you to just take a moment in your heart to honor the Lord. Not contempt, not familiarity, not dishonor or division. Just take a moment to honor him. You may want to whisper some words to him right now, but in your heart, here's what I want you to think. I want you to just, in your heart, I want you to bow low. In your heart, I want you to, we were singing that song, Make Room. I want you to just yield to him. Lord, where we have been offended with you, where we have grown cold with you, where we have grown casual with you, we let all that go and we honor you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We, we surrender again to you, Jesus. Like the Galileans, we welcome you, Jesus. May it never be said of me, may it never be said of us, may it never be said of City Light Church or Word of Life Church that you could not do something there. Oh, God. It puts a holy fear in me to think that that could even be possible, Lord. I don't want that. May it always be said of word of life. May it always be said of city light. May it always be said of every person in this room. We welcome you. You wanted to heal us, we welcome you. You wanted to correct us, we welcome you. You wanted to prosper us, we welcome you. You wanted to speak a word of life over us, we welcome you. We just, Lord, our hearts are open. All over again, we just recommit to a yielded, humble heart. And when you say go, we'll believe it. When you say a promise, we'll believe it. Lord, we take you at your word. (laughs) Can we just sing something to the Lord?